0: You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to helping you build your confidence, increase your communication skills, and journey with me in the relentless pursuit of what you want most in life. In uh, this episode, number six, I am happy to have a very special guest. In January of this year, today's guest reached the summit of the tallest mountain in Antarctica, making one of the few people in the world who have climbed to the top of the tallest mountain on every continent. In fact, more people have orbited in space than have reached the top of the seven summits. In addition, his Mount Everest climb was featured on the TV show 60 Minutes and in media across the globe. an incredibly entertaining speaker has spoken to close to half a million live audience members, teaching success strategies derived from his mountaintop experience. I'm so happy to have John Beatty here on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. How are you doing, Luke? I'm doing awesome.
1: Thanks so much for that awesome intro and for having me on the show. I'm excited to share some of the communication skills I've learned on the mountains with your listeners.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited too. And at first, I wanted to say something before we get into this. I watched uh, the videos you had up on your website. And I noticed one thing I want to preface the podcast with is that you are very good at getting your audience engaged and having them do things. Mm -hmm. And in fact, not only getting them to do things, but telling them do this, do that. And you're consistent and relentless and telling the audience what to do, getting them engaged. And it's such it's such a great skill to have because when many people are starting out speaking, there's a huge confidence issue with telling your audience to do something because the fear is there: is like, will they actually do it? And of totally. course, experience and, you know, developing that confidence. But I just wanted well, to.
1: Let's dive into content right off the bat, if that's OK. That started for me out of anxiety. It started from me being scared that the audience wasn't with me. You know, if I tell a story and I yeah. couldn't have an immediate response from them, I'd be like, is this working? Or if there wasn't a laugh right off the bat, like, oh. shoot, I don't know. I, like, am I bombing up here? So then I would make it a conversation. And what that turned into then was people came up to me afterwards and said, man, I loved how you got us talking back. It was like we were chatting with you. And so, so instead of giving a speech, a formal presentation in which I'm right. a robot <laughs> delivering my information, instead of that, it's a conversation where I give the audience the opportunity to talk back. I get to breathe just like you would if you're sitting over coffee or like we are right now.
0: Exactly, and that is a huge step. And like, and I love your mountain earring experience. And we're gonna get into that because every journey, right, starts with a single step. And I wanted to kind of go back before that confidence, right, going into that anxiety. How did you be? What was your journey in becoming a public speaker, especially your first speech when you got up on stage, looked out on the crowd for the first time, and thought. I'm up here, I'm doing this, I can't believe it.
1: (laughs) Tell us that story. Everything I've become good at in life, public speaking, mountaineering, kiteboarding, all my hobbies, dancing, has started from me bombing and sucking miserably. (laughs) My first speech was in high school. I joined the speech and debate team because I saw the class president give a speech, and I was like, that's who I wanna be, or rather the student body president. So I joined the speech and debate team because he told me that's how he got good. So I get on stage. I'm supposed to. It's a small room. There's four people in the room, a judge. I'm supposed to talk for eight minutes. I go for two and a half minutes mumbling and stuttering and goofing my way through the whole thing, not making one single sentence that made sense. And I was so frustrated with myself that I committed. I was like, that will never happen to me again. I'm going to figure this out. Same thing with everything else I've been sucking at it. Like, it, it drives me to get good at it.
0: Yep. And and that's, I mean, I love to hear that because everything, and I'm the same way as everything I have done, like podcasting, speaking, has all come from making you know terrible videos in the past putting up on youtube seeing them and going oh i do (laughs) not like that
1: oh oh, what did i do i put that up really (laughs) yeah
0: a podcast a couple weeks ago i i put that in very purposely like this is one of my first videos i ever did look how awful it is it's terrible um and you know look at the production now and i have a studio i've learned how to do this and so i've changed so much and that's so great so just getting started, doing bombing, doing miserably, and then learning from that experience. Um, and so for some people, it's hard to just take that first step because they might think, well, I'm going to I'm gonna mess up. It's going to be terrible. People are going to laugh at me. They're going to groan. They're maybe going to boo at me. And of course, when you factor in different forms of anxiety, all of that is ramped up to 11. So how was it just you just saying, I'm just going to do this? Or was there some was there something that led you to actually doing that, like getting up on that stage,
1: or is it uh, some like mental? I heard a few different questions in there. So the first one I'm going to tackle is, um, I think that this is an opportunity for personal growth. The idea of public speaking is mm-hmm. a huge opportunity for personal growth. Here's how: if, when you walk onto a stage the reason for any any anxiety you have is because you fear other people are going to judge you as a human being Mm
0: -hmm.
1: as a result of what comes out of your mouth, right? That's all you have is what you look like and what comes out of your mouth. That's the only opportunity we have to convey to somebody else. So here's the growth opportunity. It's to care about those people and that's why you're there, but it's also to not put your own self value in the opinion of others, which is an incredibly okay. delicate balancing act, isn't it? It's like, oh, yes. the, the whole purpose I'm here is to help and to give you my information, to give you my wisdom, my knowledge, my information, right. my everything I've gained in life, but also not to really care about what your opinion of me is as a
0: result. Exactly. Yep. So, well, it's, yeah, exactly. Self-worth while not Going into egotism and just caring all about yourself is <laughs> balancing, yeah. you know, caring about your audience, but not caring enough that they're with how they view you diminishes your value yes. Um, and then learning from every experience. So you started with that, right? That on that speech and debate didn't do so well. H- how did your journey transform you into the speaker that you are now? What are the steps that you yeah. took? What happened?
1: So the, I guess that was the theory that we just talked about. And now your question mm-hmm. is about the technicalities, right? yeah exactly how did
0: your story progress yeah
1: mm -hmm. so uh I would go into my garage and empty stages and I remember in university I broke into the chapel because it was (laughs) this beautiful so I found this like back entrance that the janitor never locked up so it'd be two in the morning and I'd set an alarm and I'd wake up and I'd go speak in this chapel and it was one of those tiered stages you know with like multi-levels of seats so I'd man and i would crush it in that theater i would i would give some of the best speeches i've ever given in my life and then when there'd be an audience to actually present to and it wasn't just me in this empty stage i got nervous again and i didn't quite express it the right way and i'd be frustrated again cuz i didn't express it the way i did when i was fully free you know and just like just giving pure me and that, so it's been a, it's been a constant journey and it still is of linking what I really wanna say and what's truly on my heart with balancing out that anxiety and the fear and the fear of judgment of other people so they become closer and closer and more and more authentic to each other.
0: That's great, and so part of, I mean, a huge part of of your brand, of you as a speaker, of your of your actual talks is mountain climbing. Yeah. How did that start? Did it, did, were you interested in that from a young age or how how did you start, you know, get to climbing, you know, the seven tallest summits in the world? So about the same time that
1: I started public speaking, um, I went to Boy Scout camps in the summer, and they had a climbing, rappelling, sort of high adventure, outdoor extreme for Boy Scouts, you know, activity (laughs) section. And I signed up, and they immediately said they needed a staff member, so I started teaching it immediately. And we'd have to give skits and campfire presentations, so I would practice the speaking thing in tandem with climbing, and it evolved Hmm. that way constantly. When I had graduated from university, I was a um, substitute teacher for a short time. And whenever there weren't lesson plans left over, I would deliver um, some climbing stories and relate it to goal setting for for the teenagers that I was teaching. Um, And next thing I knew, I was one of the more requested substitute teachers in the school district. The principal says, what are you doing? Uh, We want to teach other teachers how to do this. I say, I can't help you. I'm just telling my climbing stories. He says, go give a speech for the entire school on this day, and I'm like, okay, so I did it, <laughs> and afterwards he says, you know we usually pay people for something like that, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you couldn't have told me that beforehand, really? <laughs> um, but then it, he clued me in, he's like, yeah, here's kind of what speakers make professionally, and I think you have what it takes because these students enjoyed you better than some of the people we've paid to bring in. Why don't you make a go of this? And that's where the, the career of it started, in tandem, with climbing, though, right? Because then I was like, well, I need more content. I got to have something to talk about. Yeah. Maybe I'll go climb. So I'd go climb, and then I'd have stories, and I'd be like, I don't want to speak now. I want to keep climbing. Okay, I got to pay for climbing. So then I'd go <laughs> speak, and then, oh, I got to go get better stories. So it became this
0: cycle of where they built a, on each a other. A good cycle. Right. And, yeah. I love, and the thing I love about your story, one of the things, is that... A lot of people will ask me when I'm doing I'm on coaching, they'll say, I have nothing to talk about. Like, I don't, I can't, how do I find a topic? I'm not an expert in anything. Yeah. And what I'll tell them is go make yourself an expert. And you're a perfect example of you want, you needed more stories, you needed more content, you need more stuff to talk about. So you went out and you made it. Um, you didn't just sit around wondering, what can I talk about is you took the, you took you took that first step, right, literally took the first step up the mountain to actually develop yourself as a public speaker. And of course, you know, in every way, I mean, mountain climbing, you know, mentally, physically in every in every way. It's just amazing. I, I thought about getting into it. And I just I just couldn't. I know some people that have that do climb and what the stories they tell me. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. That's not for me. <laughs> not I much, wish yeah. I could. Yeah, not yeah, not a, not an interest of me.
1: Well, hey, uh, I think there's an important distinction to make here, and that's that I didn't climb only because I needed speaking material. And I didn't speak uh, only because I had climbing stuff to talk about, right? Like, right. Very, I'm very passionate about both things individually, so I built the stories Intentionally, yes, but also based on what was real and what I was passionate about and who I really wanted to become as a person. So it came from a sense of being authentic. So anybody out there listening who's like, I gotta go, I gotta get stories. I'm gonna become an astronaut. I'm gonna become a brain surgeon just so I can speak. Like, no, yeah, maybe not the best route. Yeah, (laughs) it's not the best route, but you do need to live your life. And then speaking is about sharing your life and your wisdom that you've learned along the ways. And that's a very healthy approach.
0: Exactly. So sharing, pursue your passions. Don't pursue something just because you think it'll be interesting to people. It's like right. getting a degree just because you'll think it'll be high paying and then you're in your job after you get your degree and you hate life and the job. So yeah, pursue your passions and then turn those passions into stories and content for your speeches. Right. And so you've had, how long, how long have you been speaking? How, how long has it been since that, you know, that first high school that you spoke at?
1: Oh, man. I'm, what, 22 now?
0: No, just kidding. I'm 36. <laughs> I uh, was about to say, wow, you look good for 22.
1: <laughs> for 22. No, I look old for 22. Um, I'm 36 now, and I was, uh, I guess, 15 when that happened. So that was 21 years ago.
0: You're 15. Wow. Is my math right on that? Yeah. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was going 22. Uh, yeah. So it's never too young. You're never too young to share your story. Because, I, I mean, I started speaking at 17. And I, and I had no idea what I was doing. And when I, when I tell people, you know, I'll speak to the high school audiences and I'll go, how many 17 year olds are in the house? We're like, yeah, we got some. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what? You could be up here speaking because I did it and I'm not super smart and I'm not, I, I just developed my, my passions and my skills and I turned into speaking. So 15, you're, I, never, you're never too young.
1: I hear throughout aspiring speakers hmm? a self uh, degradating theme, which is I can't speak or I shouldn't speak because X about me. I can't speak because I'm too young. I can't speak because I'm too old. I can't speak because I'm middle-aged. I can't speak because I don't have enough experience. I can't speak because I don't have education, whatever. We all come up with these excuses about judgment against our own story about why it won't be helpful. And we devalue the life experience and the wisdom that we've gained by doing so and we steal from other people <laughs> when we tell ourselves that story.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a great way to think about it because for many people, they'll use those excuses and say, well, it's for others because yeah. you know, I don't want to go up on stage and then bore people and I won't have anything to say. Where in reality, what they're doing, they're actually stealing from people. As they have these experiences, they have these stories and these skills, these passions, and they're not sparing anybody. They're stealing from them what they could talk about. I love I love right. that perspective. You're turning around and saying, no, 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 you're not being selfish. You're not being selfless. You're actually being kind of selfish in this regard. Totally. Um, you're making it all about you. It's not all yeah. about you, right?
1: There's <laughs> exactly. a huge opportunity to make it about 12 200, 2000 people who are in front of right. you. You could you could make it about them and not worry so much about what's going on for you. If you just exactly. choose to share and quit judging yourself.
0: Yep. I mean, even just four people, I mean, I've given keynotes to four people cause no one else showed up <laughs> yeah. to, to the event. I love and those so I, events. Said, I said, I said, sure, those. I'll sit down, you know, be more casual, but I'll give yeah. the, my full speech to four people. Um, and so, yeah, it's, there's never, there's, there is no excuse there's always there's, there's always ways to get started and um even just like if it's a class presentation or whatever it is there's ways to hone your speaking and with the modern you know digital age you can have a podcast you can have a vi- you can have a youtube channel and practice your craft of speaking and yeah. that's something i wish i had done when i was younger is actually pre- is actually be more active in you know different forms of social media to practice my craft and so you've come a long way right been you know 21 years or so mm-hmm. So you've had, there's been a lot of ups and downs because there isn't every story. So tell us some of the highlights that you've had across your speaking career. Like what are just some of the best moments and tell us those stories.
1: Oh man. So the first professional speaker I ever saw, his name was Phil Boyd. Um, okay. And he's the guy that as soon as I saw him, I was so, he could say enamored. I was like, this is amazing. He's owning this group of 1,500 high school leaders and like we're we're just every laugh moment every tear moment where he's got us in the palm of his hand and this whole time I'm thinking that's who I want to be and one of my favorite moments then was fast forward to I think it was 2016 or 17 I'm sharing the stage with him at the same event and he's sitting in the audience (laughs) he's in the audience and I'm like oh my gosh like this is mind-blowing um, oh and uh, so I get to share and he's, he's more polished than he's ever been like he's on fire at that event. And I'm like, I'm bringing my A game too. <laughs> Phil just brought his A game. And it was it was such a humbling moment to be there with the guy who got me started, essentially.
0: That's that's amazing. I could only imagine because I mean I had a speech coach. I had someone who you know trained me, helped develop me, and so far I mean he's never actually been in one of my audience. I can only imagine him being in my audience. First of all, me being like terrified of like okay he knows exactly what I'm capable of, and the second thing of being in that just having that opportunity. I can't imagine what that feeling is like. But so that's like
1: like. a number of stories like that where there's one person I look up to Josh ship Larry wingett um, Les Brown who I have like just done everything I can to study them and figure out what they're doing and then share the stage with them or be in business with them later it's those are the moments that I'm like yeah
0: I'm not worthy I'm not <laughs> worthy you know what's great though is when they tell you oh I'm so I've heard so much about you I can't wait you know to have to speak alongside of you
1: it's so humbling it's like <laughs> I'm just a it guy is. who likes going and tromping around in the mountains. What are you talking <laughs> right? to me for,
0: right? it is it's a fascinating experience. And so, and that's I mean, you know a lesson. that's why I like sharing these highlights, especially something like that, is that those of you listening, you might think, oh, I'm just getting started. all I have all these people I look up to. One day, you could be sharing the stage with them. Like that is a very real totally. possibility. Um, just you gotta you gotta work to get there. Yeah, and so life, we're not
1: life is weird. If you're listening to Luke and I right now and thinking, Man, I wish I had a podcast that had Luke's reach, or I wish I could go speak to five thousand people in an event like John does. Ten years from now, the three of us could be sharing the same stage. It's a right? very possible. Like, if right. you're inspired right now and you want to make this your deal, we could be on a stage together. It won't be called TED. It'll be called like Luke will be the new. Oh, uh, flattered. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm just like you don't know that uh, how things come together. It could be it, a thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah you never you never know what the future will hold. Um, and so I love seeing those highlights, but also we want to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. I've had so many. You've had some. I don't know. I don't know exact, exact exact number. But tell us about some mistakes, some just bad situations that happened throughout your speaking career, and what you've learned and how you changed your behavior since then.
1: Yeah. Um, I think that the biggest mistake that uh, is constantly something that every speaker needs to toe the line with or balance is to not make stories about why themselves are the hero.
0: Interesting. I think
1: think when you do that, it it distances you from an audience. And it's when you build up so much ego that you're no longer connecting, that you're trying to impress. Hmm. So I constantly try and make others in my speeches the heroes. My dad is the hero. My Sherpa on Everest are the hero. My teachers before me, they're the heroes. I'm just a guy who was fortunate enough to be along this journey and learn from them. Now I want to share what I've learned from those people. I find that to be a much healthier and realistic approach uh, to speaking.
0: Right. Yeah. And so, you know, did you did you so did you experience that like in the past? You kind of went through, you had the success, you started growing as a speaker and all of a sudden you started thinking, I'm so great. I'm totally. the hero up here. Yep. Totally. Yep. Like, I'm awesome, the lights though? are on me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> cheering. I'm getting standing ovations. Um, how? What did it take, though, to change that? Was it just a slow realization? Did something happen? Like, How did you switch that in your mind?
1: I think it was kind of getting my ass kicked in other corners of life. You, know, you go through a breakup, uh, or you uh, find yourself being distanced from your family when you're off traveling so much and speaking, or... Going on mountains and the mountain like brings a storm and kicks you off the mountain. So it was a little bit of humble pie in other areas of my life that made me realize, hey, on stage is still the same, and any audience can turn on you at any moment, right? Oh yes, oh uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, the the the, I think the best way to connect is to maintain a sense of uh, like a genuine humility and and a, a willingness to to give, but also an openness to learn from
0: your audiences. Yep, exactly. And that's, and that's an important point. I kind of want to focus on that. Some of my most valuable feedback happened after a talk where some random person would come up and say, you know, when you talk about that, it doesn't seem genuine. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I'll be taken aback. And I remember this one, it was, you know, my first year of speaking and it took me back. And whenever I get to that point in my talk, and of course my talk has, has changed, I always remember that person. And that's always in the back of my mind is that this is a part that's, you know, very personal and sensitive. And so I have a tendency to, you know, distance myself from it, but I can't let that happen because I'm doing a disservice. So, yeah, taking the audience feedback, I mean, live, you know, seeing Mm -hmm. them, how they're reacting, but also looking at, you know, whether it's comments on videos or receiving emails afterwards. It's so valuable because they're the ones there that are receiving, and you should really pay attention to a lot what they're saying. Of course, though, you get people who just want to—I don't know whether hurt you or for some reason they're angry. So sometimes it's important to distance yourself from those kinds of people, um, because I'm pretty sure I don't hate, you know, all these people that they're like they're saying. But I'm glad you brought up the the mountain climbing. You know, those different hardships because you've been through what avalanches struck by lightning didn't you say you did the hokey pokey in the middle was it of a hurricane <laughs> or tornado yeah, was that, was a hurric-
1: that wasn't while a climbing but i was in a hurricane right. uh, in antigua
0: and so how how has these experiences shaped you i mean i'm sure there's certain ones like climbing like mounting everest i can only imagine you know what that's like but the journey of getting there how do you feel that that has shaped you not only as a public speaker but also on the personal side of being more confident of being just you know a more a better a better person like can you tell us like some stories and how those affected you yeah i
1: remember being on the way down from the summit and of everest um this is in 2013 it was may 21st that we uh Uh, summited about five in the morning and I've got like 20 hours in front of me probably 17 hours or so till I get back down to camp two. You've got to get down as fast as you can because you're in the death zone. It's not if you're going to die, it's when. Um, So it's really just to fight against the clock. And as I'm coming down, I pass camp four, start making my way towards camp three, hours are passing by and it suddenly just hits me like I'm an Everest climber. And if i get on a stage or if i get into a tricky moment nothing is going to take the fact away that i've just climbed mount everest like this this level of confidence will transfer over into other areas of life and Mm -hmm. back to what we were talking about earlier like living your life going to do the big everest that you have for you is the best way that you can become a great speaker because then it'll Mm -hmm. Prove to you that you've got what it takes for whatever that big thing is for you. And if you can gain that confidence for yourself, you're going to be just infinitely better at um, not worrying about what other people think or have to say or all the criticism that show up on YouTube comments from trolls or from legitimate audience members who want to right. maybe help you. And that's why they bring it up.
0: Right. All right, And. And I and and one reason why you know when I first you know found your story I think I found you first through Instagram I can't remember exactly when I started learning learning more about you, um what I saw was someone who who went outside of the public speaking area to develop those skills and so mm-hmm. like we talked about you know following your passions to to actually build content and create stories that you can use, but also. There's a huge personal side of this is that you as a person are doing something and then if you need to develop yourself in order to, not only to become a bub- better public speaker but also just to become a better happier human being because um, that trans you know that transitions also into public speaking and
1: can I, can I jump in here Yeah of course when when I was driving uh back here today before we recorded this I was like what is the most valuable thing I can share with Luke's audience Okay and this is it so however long into the interview we are now this is the most (laughs) okay
0: okay thing i want to
1: share so everybody get a timestamp on this here it comes on the mountains here's my communication style first expectations are going to be clear has to be the same thing in a speech within the first two minutes of speaking i tell people how long i'm going to be on stage what we're going to do what i expect of them and what i promise to give to them expectations are clear. The second thing that has to be a part of every expedition is each team member needs to have the freedom to speak clearly and to be giving value. So if somebody comes up to me and is like, hey, can I help with something? Never, ever, ever is the right answer, no, no, I got this covered. That person is not saying, can I help with something? That's not their question. Their question is, can I be a bigger part of the team? If you can give somebody a, a more of a voice to be a valuable member of a team, uh, that's how you can be an effective communicator. That's why when I give speeches, I'm asking for feedback from the audience. I want them to be a part of the team. The last thing is that each team member on a mountain has to be open to leadership, criticism, guidance, basically a sense of openness. If okay. each teammate isn't open to being wrong or open to changing their course, the whole thing will fall apart. Because throughout a day, everybody's wrong at some point. Everybody needs help. Everybody has to be helped, including like the greatest of all the leaders, the people I look up to on the mountains. Mm -hmm. Same thing in a speech. If the audience isn't open to uh, changing or growing, and if the speaker isn't open to changing and growing, it won't be an effective communication.
0: Wow, that's great, and that's so compact, and I'm definitely gonna, you know, make that stand apart. Um, that, and I, and I, I absolutely love it because what you're doing is you're taking um, a tense situation where it's life and death. If you don't communicate well, yeah, that, that has yeah. serious consequences. And it's and it's and it's calling that back because when you're on stage, and of course, it depends on your topic and your audience and who you're talking to. Like I talk to a lot, I talk a lot about mental health, and a large part of the people I talk to, some of them are suicidal. And so by speaking correctly and doing my best job that I can, I'm literally I, I'm literally preventing death. Right. Saving a life. Yeah. And so it's like it's like it's taking that those stakes and it's remembering that just because I'm up on stage and have a microphone and we're all safe. Right. Relatively. um, Who knows? A meteor could come down and crash upon all of us. <laughs> you know, we can't we can't control that. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, we're relatively safe. Um, It doesn't mean that there are no stakes. And I absolutely love how you take and you're like, no, this just because something can't go wrong. Right. And if it does, there's serious consequences. And of course, you're on stage just because maybe you mess up and say something wrong doesn't mean there are immediate serious consequences. But, you know, not giving your all, not doing things correctly, because you're like, ah, it doesn't really matter. That does have consequences, both your career and for the people you're speaking to. And so I, I love it. I mean, so those of you listening and or maybe watching this, because this will be posted to YouTube as well, always remember that try to take some aspect of your life that that relates to the stakes of speaking. So whatever your experience is, whatever you do, whatever your passions are, see, how you, see what the stakes are with that, and then apply that to public speaking. Mm-hmm. And then that can help you remember how important what you're doing is. Because very few people, like re- relative to the population, are able to get up on stage and speak to a large number of people, and so because you're one of those people, you have an obligation. You're a very small percentage, and you should do your job well because people are relying on you too. So, absolutely love that. Just, if you did it, good, I, I love it when um, when people come prepared with like an idea of like, okay, what's the most value I can? I love it. And so, we I kind had of to already
1: tuck with- a little Easter egg in there, right? Like you had to get <laughs> through the. Through exactly. the podcast like, a little bit to be able to like wordy the
0: To make That's sure right. that they get to the end, right? All of these strategies. Uh just like in public speaking, you tease a little bit and then you make them listen till the end. Uh, and so I I really wanted to get into I'm I'm a huge fan of practical, actionable advice. Something mm-hmm. like a step in action that someone can take right after listening to this, or maybe once they get out of their car. Um, if they're if you're driving or doing something or working out. What is something that someone can do today to develop their, themselves as a public speaker, as a communicator?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give one mindset trick or skill, and I'm going to give one tangible skill. Is that all right? Yeah, sounds great. So the mindset skill is to become more childlike. Interesting, okay. Here's what I mean by that. I don't mean be immature or be uh, like a little little emotional brat like a kid. What I'm saying is how do kids learn? They are free to make mistakes and then they laugh at the mistake. They don't judge themselves for making the mistake. They're just like, wow, that was funny when my body fell on the floor. Ha, ha, ha. And then they get up and they try it differently. And that's so beautiful for public speakers, because sometimes we'll get up and we'll feel the shame. Like, oh, my laugh, my joke just bombed. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm ugly here on stage, everybody's <laughs> judging me. Rather, if you're working out like you just said, and you can't, like if you're actually working out right now and you can't push past a certain weight, you can't lift that, instead of judging yourself and criticizing yourself, Laugh like, oh, my gosh, like this, like, what do I have to do differently? Like make it an experiment, become curious the way a kid is curious. That's so develop that skill of being curious. And if you can have that skill, it'll translate to the stage.
0: Mm -hmm. And especially with laughing, because laughing also has like a biological effect on you as well and relieving stress and relieving, you know, the anxiety and the fear is that, you know, mentally and of course their body and mind are connected in that way. But the idea of laughing is so important because sometimes you just have to. There's nothing else you can do but laugh and relieve that stress and then move on. So, so maybe, okay. maybe
1: the point is like, don't take yourself so seriously. Like oh, you're yeah. not oh, that yeah. big of a deal, no matter who you are.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, um, I tell myself that every day. Like just, just don't take yourself seriously. Just you know, live your not- life. Exactly. Right.
1: So then the t- the technical skill that I think everybody could use to improve on would be to Here's my process. Some people say don't do that because then you sound canned, which you don't want to do. But I am very particular about the thoughts that I want to convey. And the only way that I can express those thoughts or my best way is to write them down. I take that written speech and then I'll go into a private space like my living room or my garage where nobody can hear me. And I'll try and deliver the speech without reading it. And my spoken voice is much different than my voice on paper. So what I'll do is I'll, okay, what did the first paragraph say? And I'll try and repeat what's in there without reading it. Okay, I think I got it. I missed a point. I'll go back and read what I wrote. Oh yeah, I did. I missed that point. But then I'll express it vocally rather than on the page. And that is how you can improve and sound natural on stage because now you're embracing your speaking voice instead of your writing voice which are two totally different voices. Oh, yeah.
0: huh. That I, I can safely say I've never heard anyone do that before. Say that before. That, that and cuz what I'll do is you know I'll use an outline and I tend not to write down things word for word but for some people that doesn't work. Like yeah. they just have a different style, and so and then the mistake they make is that oh no I can't use an outline I need to write down things word for word and then they read off of the paper. Right. And so by turning that around and saying okay I need to write down things and organize my thoughts this way, but I'm not just gonna read off the paper because then you're no one's gonna want to listen to you. Exactly. That's um, not that's not how you begin into public speaking. So instead you just kind of you change you know that little twist ending. I was waiting, I was like, I was waiting for that. And it was like, okay, something's coming. I know it is. I'm waiting. That twist ending of, but I'm not going to read it off. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna speak it. And so I don't have to worry about anyone hearing it. And then I'll look back and I'll see what I wrote. And because maybe there's a phrase I wanted to say or a point I wanted to make. That's I mean, that is that is a great tip. And it's something that's very, I mean, as far as I know, it's very unique. I don't know, do Pete have you heard of a lot of other speakers using that or? Did you just develop that yourself? Did you?
1: um, I'm sure other people have used it, and I've studied so many books that I'm sure I pulled it from somewhere, (laughs) and I'm not attributing it to the right spot. But um, it does become an outline in my head, right? So I kind of go like full speech, speaking it, and then it sort of like the outline forms in between as I'm trying to speak it. And then I can work off the outline.
0: Yeah, and also that comes from experience and knowing the outline, um, yeah. and just automatically forming your thoughts in that. Um, you don't really have to even put, you know, you just automatically speak in the rhythm of the outline, and so that's a, a amazing tip uh, for those of you who maybe are scared of just, you know, putting a few words down there on the outline and not having it word for word. Try it this way: don't read do it we, off the paper. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, do ahead. we
1: have a? Do we have a? Uh... Like one-minute opportunity for a, a little trick or a skill? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I will, when writing a new speech, imagine myself driving down a road or on a trail or on a bike okay. ride. So let's take a road example. Hmm. I'm driving down a street, and my first point is related to the house that I'm passing. This is all imaginary. Okay. But in that house, say I'm telling a story about a dog. I'm just making all this up as I go because my dog's over here on the floor. <laughs> so I'm telling, telling a story about a dog. I'll imagine I'm driving down the street, and a dog runs out of the house. Now I know, oh, the first thing I'm going to be talking about is this, the dog story. That's right. Huh. I'll keep driving down the street. And what's next? There's uh, a mailbox. Or there's a McDonald's or whatever it is that reminds me of the next point. And I'll right. go through four or five locations that I'm passing sequentially. That's how I create my outline. After I've done that first step of the full text to the trying to right. speak it out, now I have this idea of the outline. The, the outline is a road I'm driving down or a trail I'm walking down.
0: I love it, yeah. I've heard some comedians talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how they visualize, like how they, cause they need to remember all of their jokes. And right. so when they're first testing out sets, they'll say like, I use like my body and maybe I'll, like I'll work my way up my body or I'll use like that different visualizations. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, another, you know, different way to develop yourself as a public speaker. There's no right way. Just because I have a certain way that my mind works doesn't mean it, it is the right way. You know, I have to curb that kind of ego there. It's like, no, I do it the best way. Uh,
1: <laughs> you you no, do I, do it the best way, though, Luke. You, yours is as good as it is. Oh, thank
0: you so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, different, you know, different ways to to develop your natural talents, your natural skills, your personality, because you don't want to fit you know, it's like it's like the square. What is it? The, the square peg in the round hole or the other way around mm-hmm. is you can't you don't want to fit your personality in something that is not at all natural for you, because then you're going to end up speaking horribly because it just it doesn't feel right. And so part of it, yes, is practice and discipline. But the other part is you have to know what feels right, because that's going to convey itself because public speaking is so much about emotion and it's so much about passion. It's so much about being yourself. Um, That if you're not being yourself, then everything else will fall apart. And so, I mean, we've there's so I'm sure we could talk about so much. Well (laughs) said.
1: Well said. Thank
0: thank you so much. (laughs) Um, We could I'm sure we could talk forever about you know public speaking stories and all that. But we are getting to our time limit, so I wanted to get into how people can find you and connect with you. Um, First of all, where can they find you? And secondly, what are some exciting things you have coming up?
1: Yeah, so people can find my speaking site at EverestMotivator.com, EverestMotivator.com. If they're interested in learning public speaking from me, particularly the business side of public speaking, um, I have a site that I don't advertise very much, but there's some trainings on there about how to um, create a speaking business, a career out of it. Um, Full kind of university-style online videos and coaching, that's SpeakerCareer.com. SpeakerCareer, okay. Great. careercom Great, great domain. Uh, thank you. And then the last opportunity is I take people to the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro on a guided leadership seminar. So instead of in a uh, hotel <laughs> conference room, we're in the mountains on this uh, personal development training. We also go to Everest Base Camp. So okay. those are the two choices, Everest Base Camp and the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Um, and that is revamp Trips.com. Revamp so trips. oh, yeah. trips.com. So, whatever uh, each person may be interested in, you've got EverestMotivator.com, uh Speaker and Revamp Trips.com.
0: And all of these links and more, and on a lot of what we talked about, they'll be in the show notes at the Communicate with Confidence Podcast.com. And um, also, I mean, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about, you know, like a leadership seminar on a mountain and <laughs> like the most intense and, and, and it's amazing because you're de- you're you're actually developing yourself it's not just sitting in a chair listening to someone speak is you are physically challenging yourself
1: digging deep every yeah. day and it's not just a guru like me saying exactly. i'm a guru teaching it's the right. mountain teaching you the mountain is the greatest teacher
0: that sound and that sounds amazing. So yes, you can find all those links. Communicate with dot com, and and you can find also you at your social media accounts. So they're all at John Beatty, right? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, on Instagram and then I think Twitter and you know, Facebook as well. And then, of course, those links will be there as well. Thank you so much, John, for being on here with us. I've had a great time. I'm sure you've been very educational, inspired some people to just take action and just do something and you know, take that first step up that mountain, whether literally or, fit or uh, metaphorically, um, to start their speaking career, start their entrepreneurial journey, to start the, the next step in their life and in their you know in, in accomplishing their visions. So thank you so much for being on here. Um, this has been the Communicate with Confidence podcast. You can find show notes and more at communicatewithconfidencepodcast.com. We'll see you next time and remember to always stay on the positive side of things.